What up, guys? How we doing? We're back. We have uh, Tigres preseason. How you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Very, very doing? well. Trying to stay warm. Yeah, man. We got a interesting uh, cold front coming in. I'm I'm sure uh, you guys, well, everybody's gonna be feeling it in the in the Texas area. Yeah. So make sure you uh, cover up them pipes. <laughs> <laughs> but. Let's get into it. Tigres has a game tonight. Um, it seems like, you know, Diego Coca is feels a lot more comfortable in the in the last two games with uh, what he's putting on the pitch. Uh, there's a couple been a couple changes here and there from the first game, which we tied against Chivas to the second game when we won. I'm sorry, we tied against Mazatlan, and then we beat Atlas 1-0 with the late Angulo goal, and then we got Chivas tonight. So I just kind of want to get everybody acclimated with the new team and, you know, thoughts around the team with the offseason and the little time we've had. So I think first things first, obviously, we got to address the new coach. Right. Um, Very, very hopeful for me, at the very least, uh, based on his results with Atlas recently, that we can return to championship level form you know, sooner than later. Um, I'll be very interested to see if he continues to run the four at the back and only the one striker with the five in the mid, or if he ends up trying to find a second striker that he, like he did with uh, Furch and Quinones. But uh, yeah, I, I certainly, I think we were all tired of the Piojo era. So the change is more than welcome in my book. Um, and, and, you know, excited to see what kind of results we can produce. He's obviously going to have at least two, maybe three short tournaments before, you know, you start hearing the calls for his head if he doesn't start to produce results, but it's uh, it's been an interesting preseason so far, at least with the, with the squad that we've had in terms of turning stuff over and, and looking for guys um, who's left, who's coming on board. I'm excited for the Gorion signing. I think uh, extra depth in the midfield always good to have when you're going box to box. And I've always, you know, been a big believer that we should be moving Pizarro backwards the further he gets into his career as opposed to leaving him in the midfield. So if that speeds that transition along, that would make me tremendously happy. But we'll see, we'll see kind of who rises, who falls uh as as we kind of get get deeper into the season, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, what he's brought to the table, at least for me, is more stability uh, you know, with the coaching position, at least there's a there's a level of seriousness that's going into the game, you know, the antics of Piojo are gone and everything that's surrounding him. So, you know, that, the, the focus isn't on Coca, it's on the players and the team, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Luis who described it as a new version of Tuca Ball, which, I mean, you can kind of see a little bit of that, and that is exciting. I think, obviously, with Ferretti, it just hit a dead end. I think with Coca, he has some of those defensive strategies and defensive um things that he wants to implement in the team, but with obviously a fresh take on it. And we're not getting more of what we saw with Atlas, which is really good and just better than what was thought before he, he was even signed. Does the two championship, is that credibility enough to uh, take on Tigres? Like even with the terrible season that he had last uh, on the way out with Atlas? Yes. For me, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Because two long seasons like that, it's not surprising to see some fatigue set in. And then all of a sudden you just have a crash down to earth and, and specifically with a team like Atlas, where clearly when you haven't won a title in 50 years, you don't have that championship pedigree. 
And so I would say that, you know, making two back-to-back championship runs, having one, one down, I was surprised that he was available having had such recent success. Yeah. Right. Especially in Liga Amakis, you don't see back-to-back championships like that. And then with a team like Atlas, that's the last thing you would ever expect. Yeah. You can't expect one, but you got two back-to-back. It's crazy. So we, we can all agree we're happy with the hire. We're happy with, you know, what we got going on so far, so far surrounding the team. What about strictly uh, from a um, board, you know, uh, La Directiva and talking about acquisitions? I'm bored with the board. You're bored with the board. <laughs> How do we feel? Like, do we feel like they're not, what's going on? Are we not able to pay people? Are we not scouting correctly? What's going on? They're definitely treading with caution. I mean, I think under the Piojo era, I don't, I don't know what happened. Not that we had bad signings with him. I mean, I'm very happy with Samir, and I'm very happy with uh, the first leg of Vigon with Tigres. I think it was really well. And Gulo, excellent, too. Right. Um, Igor at the end? Maybe. (laughs) We'll see. You're a hater. He got got better with Samir, definitely. he did. But I don't know if it's just the whole Jordi fiasco, which, in my humble opinion, if you gave him another six months to acclimate, you could get more out of him. But I don't know if that's just one of the things that's holding them back from actually getting um, more signings or something better. I think that the, I think that the foreigner list is is the really troublesome spot is that they can't seem to figure out what the hell it is that they're doing with the nine foreigner spots that they got going on now. Bringing on Gory Iran, but you can't get rid of can't get rid of seemingly anybody. I, I mean, they, they, Chaka left on the free transfer. Duenas left. I want to say what last season or in yeah. between these two. And so it's just, you know, I haven't seen the, it, it, it's tough to go from coach to coach to coach like that as quickly as we've gone and, and have a um, cohesive plan. I think it is kind of what we're seeing is, is bouncing in between system to system to system too quickly, maybe is what might be leading to the indecisiveness with the board or, or kind of our, our, as a fan base, our dissatisfaction with how the transfer window seems like it's going. But I would say that, again, you look at the results, Cordova has been a fantastic signing, and Gulo has been a fantastic signing, and Samir has been a fantastic signing. So uh, th- there's certainly players in the squad that are capable of delivering the results that we expect as a fan base. And so it's just kind of a matter of stringing together that chemistry and finding the right mix of guys, uh, I think, to – really you know execute what it, whatever whatever plan coca sets forward finding that right mix of guys to, to to get into that agreed i also believe that the intent with the hiring of Bioko was to be a placeholder and they were counting on at least winning a championship with them in the first two seasons that does not happen so then the whole plan goes to shit and now you're stuck with what he hired obviously because he fired him and now you bring an experienced coach, a championship coach who, you know, has a more, let's say, rigorous style of approach to, you know, similar like uh, we were, you're were talking about Tuca. So you bring this guy in and you have all these legends at the club and like a lot of these guys are, you know, taking up foreign spots. And it goes to the conversation, which everybody's having. And I think I touched upon Twitter today is about the defensive mids, right? Carioca and Pizarro. 
you know, I brought up in previous pods talking about Gignac and everything he's given to the club, but we, you know, we don't talk about as much of like what he kind of held back with a lot of oh, players. Stops the growth of others. Yeah. Stop the growth of other players. But you know, the produ- production that he has outweighs all of that. Well, now we're stuck in the midfield where the game is a lot quicker, a lot more high pace. You know, you require your defensive minutes to pressure more to go box to box and still be able to do the defensive tasks as well as helping create the offensive attacks. So we have two players that provide so much and we're able to play together at, at a much younger age, which which soccer wasn't developed as much, but it stops the growth of other players or taking up foreign spots. I don't think Jordi Caicedo is a problem. I think that regardless, he's not going to be in the club. So Nando Gorrayan is, is fine. But we've talked about the winger, you know, like do we have enough wingers, especially with Fulgencio going down? Yeah, Florian Tuvan has been inconsistent. Luis Quinones, you know, one good season over the last, you know, yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. And, you know, I mentioned it. He's been around since 2016. At a point, he's not a superstar. He, he at most he was a star, right, with his assist, but he's not a superstar. Why is he getting so much time from 2016 to 2022, almost 2023 with the squad? three different coaches. So that's my only frustration. I don't think we're being as proactive with the movement of players or the scouting of who can be coming in because everything went to shit when the placeholder hire of Piojo didn't work out and the long-term project wasn't nearly established because his intent was just to be a, you know, a pit stop for him. Hey, win us a couple of championships, maybe one, then we move on because players are going to retire. You know, we don't expect Gignac to be producing so much, but here we are like, you know, all these intangibles are happening and like there's no clear structure or plan as we move forward. And I think that's what's chaotic about the board. With this It's almost squad. like the board expected the team to kind of turn itself over naturally. And instead the old guard is hanging on longer than they probably should have or was expected to. Yep. And so because there's no turnover in that old guard, you're mixed with kind of these half measures of, okay, let's go in on the young guys of the Gorions uh, uh, the, the Cordovas, yeah, the Cordovas, you know, the Angula, hey, let's bring in some young star Mexican players and really kind of, re- you know, transition back yep. up again. And then it, it, it's just making for an awkward mix between the two. Yep. I mean, wh- what do you think? Like, I'm, am I wrong? Like, are, are we, are we going to start these two star or legends defensive mids or like we got to choose one over, you know? I love love the signing of Nando just as an individual player because watching him at Santos was just, I mean, he's, he was, he was the motor that drove that, that entire midfield for Santos Laguna. My only issue is you're throwing him into a midfield that's already got a Cordova, a Carioca who's going to expect to start a Pizarro who's going to expect to start. And then where's that Levy going? You know, uh, to your point of, Hey, where's the wingers at? Why are we still floating out? I can only play three games a year, Florian, and I either lead the league in assists or I get zero assists, Quinones, on the wings, but loading up on a position where I already, you know, every, everyone would already feel like you're probably pretty strong between, you know, again, the the, the club legends of the, the Rafa and the, and the Guido. So, and with, it appears Guido not moving back like I've always wanted him to because we're going to run Igor and Samir in that middle spot with with Angulo on the left and somebody on the right. Uh, you know, injuries notwithstanding Lorona or maybe an Aquino somewhere. Uh, if that's what we're doing is flooding the midfield, that's fantastic. But you're not going to play four center mids and no wingers. You're going to, you know, you have just a mass of bodies in there. And so 
it it's nice to have squad depth, but I worry about having the wrong kind of squad depth. Yeah, you know, uh, four great players for two two and a half spots, and then weaknesses elsewhere. And think about like the positions too. Like you list, you're talking about the midfield. Three. Let's you know entertain the fact that Nando Gorrerian could be considered a defensive mid with a lot more box to box, right? Let's go ahead and center mid, center defensive mid, like, or, you know, box to box. Then you have two straight defensive mids. All three of them are foreigners. Then you go back to the defense and you have two center backs who are foreigners. That's just not ideal for how roster construction. Yeah. The roster. And that comes from, Tuka leaving, the guys that, you know, you mentioned the players staying a little too long than what the board expected, the placeholding hire of, of Piojo, and then now you bring, okay, let's bring a serious coach with a plan, a structure, who could possibly give us something to strive for the future with a style of play, and we bring in players, which they have, young guys, like the guys that we mentioned, Angulo, Cordova, all well, these guys. To, and to your point of soccer being more quicker and developed now, too, you look at some of the teams that had success, like a Puebla last year, that were playing guys from their U-20 squads, you know, players with 200s on their numbers, getting regular run and just outrunning us and being quicker down the flanks. I think of, uh, well, uh, Alvarez or Avalos, I think, as, as a right back for Puebla, maybe. Might be might be wrong on that one, but... Erin Alvarez is from Pachuca. Thank you. Okay, so put you, there it is. Put in, I mix up the two P's. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's, uh, you know, the, there's no – we're not seeing any youngsters from our – like, where, where is our Chewy Garza showing up and actually showing out and taking somebody's job from, from one of these guys as opposed to us just bringing in guys that are 28 right in the prime ready to go right now? I get that we're not supposed to test necessarily be a finishing school, um, you know, that, that we want – we're here to produce championships on a regular consistent basis, but without an influx of your own talent, if you're constantly having to go out and, and take from others, you're going to end up with a hodgepodge mishmash kind of, um, you know, roster that where you're, where you're searching for chemistry like this, or you're overloaded in a position because, Hey, we're just out collecting talent. Well, great. We've got really talented guys, but now they all play the same damn position. What are you going to do with it? Yep. And that's kind of like, I think where we're at as a fan base, and I think even in our you know Twitter uh, group thread, somebody pointed out that we have squad depth, and then or didn't have squad depth, and then you pointed out we have squad depth, and it's like it makes sense to me because it's like you look at the roster and it's like oh shit, it is stacked. It's a stacked Damn. roster, like salary wise, like transfer market wise, uh, value. It's it's stacked, but it's stacked in the wrong places because it's a mix of the things that we have mentioned as far as the structure and planning of the squad and Ross with the roster. So, um, but yeah, we can go on and on about the frustrations. And and so kind of in, in seeing that in that first game against Mazatlan, I missed the second game, but again, like, like you guys said, I saw the highlights, you know, that Angulo goal was a screamer. That was, that was very love, have love having stitch back there. Right foot too, bro. Very nice. It was very nice. But in that first game, we had tons and tons and tons of the ball, but next to no chances, which I'm I'm much more for that style versus the Piojo style of like, hey, it's three to two and who knows what the hell is going to happen. Uh, it, it's a lot more fun for me to be like, hey, if they can't score, then we're at the very least going to take at worst a draw. But I am nervous about kind of the attacking options of if Gignac doesn't produce, then where's the offense coming from and can- – and 
can this defensive line hold against the counterattacks that you know are coming? Yeah. Yeah, and that's where, for me, I was worried about for the squad. But outside of Gignac, what do you have? You have a Quinones who's not in form, or you can't depend on him. A Florian who you can't depend on. A Nico Lopez who, yes, he was a top goal scorer for a season, but then what happened? He kind of just fell off. But only a top goal scorer because Gignac didn't play that entire season. So right. He's never shown the ability to operate inside of a two striker system, which if he's going to get on the field, it's only going to be for maybe 30 minutes replacing Gignac. Gignac's shown no desire to come off the field at all. And no coach has shown any ability to take him off in, in a reasonable manner and keep him happy. Two things. What do we think about? So we they haven't released a starting lineup for tonight, but, you know, the question like, you know, who starts, you know, with Nando in the midfield? Carioca or Pizarro? Who do we prefer? And then I'll ask I like, the next question. I like Rafa personally. I think Me his too. ability to hold up the ball and his possession abilities is his first and then second, third, and fourth touch. When he doesn't want you to take the ball from him, you don't take the ball from him, period. Yeah. You know, uh, and I still I still think Rafa is a better player than Guido, just personally as a midfielder. Overall, tell me think, that, yeah. You know, you tell me that we're moving Pizarro to a defensive, like, I'm I'm the captain of this back line and I'm I'm the best defender you got. I I've got the legs of a midfielder, but the smarts of a defensive midfielder, and now I'm playing defense. I'd be I would I would love I would love for that experiment to come come to fruition. But yeah, as far as playing a central that you know that kind of number six role, that number five role a little bit, it's for me personally, it's uh it, it's Rafa still. Wow. Cool. Sorry, I'm looking at the lineup. What do you think, brother? Who would you take him? Pizarro still gives me a little bit more of Tukabal, which there's nothing wrong with that. I just think he's more uh, set the slower pace, set the ball control versus Carioca, who can give you just the more explosive side of the team that you could kind of see it with Piojo when he would take advantage of Carioca, but there wasn't enough of that in my opinion. But yeah, I would really want to see him with Rafa instead. It's tough, man. I think that for me, like I, I'm with you guys. I think Carioca is a better player. Um, I just think for what he wants to play and what Pizarro gives you a lot more defensively in terms of the back and forth. I think that's what I tweeted out. The back and forth that he gives you, I think that's the obvious choice. But the reason I said, wow, is because they, I just saw the lineup for tonight's game. He's going with both in the midfield. He's going with Pizarro. Really? Pizarro. Carioca and Bigon in the middle. So he, that's another game without Cordoba being considered a starter. And he's going up top with Gignac, Quinones, and Diente Lopez. Same back line, Aquino, Lichnowski, Samir, and Angulo with Nahuel. What do we think? I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. I I I I don't understand how Cordoba's not a starter, though. You know, that seems like that that he have, seems like have, the best Mexican talent on our team. I have a rebuttal for that, but go ahead, brother. What do you think about the lineup? I mean, I'm not happy with the Guiones still, but I understand what what else can you do? Yeah, we don't have depth there. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's a real, well traveled on this podcast. Yeah, Flexus Vega stays after the 90 minutes. Stays in Monterrey. I don't see. We don't have an option, dude. I don't get like pay the damn. Ten million dollars, like you have the money, go get this damn player. He's not gonna go to Europe, bro. No one in Europe is gonna pay Alexis Ve- for Ale- Chivas Alexis Vega ten million dollars. 
Well, and to Luis's point is, is, you know, Europe doesn't shell out the dollars because Mexico hasn't produced elite, elite talent outside of, right. you know, a couple of guys historically. You can so. go get three of them for that price in Brazil. Yeah, like, I don't I don't remember his name, but I was looking through the Palmeiras squad earlier. The young striker, I think he's like third in the Libertadores league table for top goal scorers. Uh, market value is like five million. Why yeah. would they choose Alexis Vega over that guy? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I think we're slacking by not signing him, especially that he's Mexican. To your uh, question, though, about well, why... Well, I wouldn't steal him from Cruz Azul, too, right? So anytime you can hurt a rival and help yourself. No, I, don't, I think... Uh, no, it's, it was just who no he's on Chivas. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Chivas, Chivas. Yeah, no, if anybody would buy buy him, would be uh, Monterrey or Tigres. Um, I think, though, my opinion on Cordoba is the talent's there, and I've said it. He's arguably, like, the best player in terms of technical ability and like the way that he sees the game with his passing and like shooting or whatever of this Mexican talent generation. Like I think him and Luis Chavez are the two like interior attacking mids that Mexico could have used um, to change the pace of, of how Mexico played in this past world cup, just because of what they provide as far as like, you know, the left, the lefty bro, like they, they got so much class with how they pass, how they shoot. But I think it comes down to tactical awareness. I think that Cordoba's tactical awareness on the field, like he can, he doesn't have to be the fastest guy. And that's why I was kind of like, you know, countering what Woods was saying about playing him out wide. And it's like, no, dude, he has, he has no tactical awareness to how to defend without having to be fast. So he has to have back and forth and have that pace. So he's not going to do that. So you got to play him in his best spot. And that's the middle as an attacking midfielder, or if you're playing a 4-3-3 with two uh, center mids, which turn into attacking mids, um, because he can get involved with both of his feet. You know, he's really great with both feet. And, you know, like you have that, hey, he can shoot it and he might score, you know, a golazo from, you know, anyway. wherever he's at. Yeah. But I don't think he has the tactical awareness because it doesn't make sense why he's not on the pitch after – Couple coaches here, couple coaches at America. The talent's there. Everybody has great things to say about him. But if you don't have the pace or the speed, you got to understand the game. You got to watch film. You got to like find ways to dissect other teams and dissect your own game in order to play better. And I don't think he has that. I think that it's taking his skill is taken for granted. He shows up to practice and that's how he convinces himself okay, I'm going to work hard you know, and show up to practice, do my job here and there. But I don't think he has the tactical uh, intelligence to, like, make himself produce better on the field. So having had Aquino as a winger before and knowing Angulo's effectiveness at getting up the field, I wonder if there's any plausibility to playing something along the lines of four at the back with the four that we run right now. My Igor complaints set aside. With basically five central midfielders, you got the three cent three central guys between Vigon, uh, Guido, and and Rafa to make sure that nothing bad happens while the two wing backs go up, and then you just stick a Florian and a Cordova at the front, yeah. And then you let your wing backs provide the width, and then we clog up the middle with those five, and then you got your Gignac up front to to finish. At least then you're closer to putting your what we are. What I personally, at the very least, would consider our best 11 on the field straight away. Yeah. It may be positionally kind of wonky, 
but I, I'm, I'm, I would prefer to get better talent than better formation, I guess would be the way to say that because soccer being a game where, you know, one goal will win you a, a lot of games. I prefer to have the, the best players, the higher level of yeah. talent, figuring it out in, in a wonky formation than being like, I'm going to play this four, four, two. And if nobody's got the talent to put in a goal, then at least we get a zero, zero drop, which seems to have been Coca's kind of style at Atlas. Yeah. Because convince me otherwise, why Bigon gets more playing time than Cordoba? You can talk That's, that you can talk. Uh, I, I can't, sir. I cannot. You can talk about all, all this, like, you know, Bigon's high motor and like how he, he's all over the place. Oh, but great motor. Do, does the motor really outweigh the talent that Cordoba has? Not in the slightest. Oh. So Bigon most likely has what I'm saying. Maybe it's intelligence to be on the field, how to be involved with the game more or how to like not work so hard, work smarter and harder type thing. Like why is Vigon getting that playing time that Cordoba should be getting because he's a lot more talented. I think Vigon is 30, 31-ish, I would yeah. say, whereas Cordova is 24, 25-ish. Yeah. So maybe he's just more of a professional-minded guy at this point, which maybe Coca prefers. Again, not being inside of the locker room, it's tough to yeah. provide exact specifics. But yeah, there's there's no obvious explanation from the outside looking in why Cordova wouldn't be one of our starting 11 week in and week out based on the talent level that is available to us. Yeah. Do you guys see that changing midseason? I hope so. God, you I hope have so. to, bro. Like, I mean, he, out, he provides such excitement. We we have to have that like storyline, right? Like to like have that narrative, like which player is going to be choose. But you have to. I I feel like Cordova has to like integrate himself and be the starter. Like he's the he's the most talented player, but is he going to step up and really apply himself as a professional? Because it time's passing by, and you know what I mean. That skill. And talent you can have all you want, but you got to make it produce. Yeah, and I mean, I would hope for the same thing, absolutely. I just don't want a repeat of, you know, his cycle in America where, what was it, after the Olympics, he just fell off. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, gets erased I, from the squad. Another Leo Fernandez or all of I, these other great players who have gone through Tigres and then just fall off. God, letting him go is looking like a just disaster move so far. I think, I think that if... This season, Florian Tuan and Cordova don't excel. Got to go. Knock on wood for health. Got to go. Like, at that point, like, it's it's like business, bro. Like, business is not working out. I'm sorry, can't do no longer business with you. Let's move on part ways. Like, it's not that Love hard. is signed through 2026, man. He is here He is here to be the, 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 the French-Mexican for a while, I think. Yeah, but you you he can find he can find uh he can find another team. He brings a lot of marketing anywhere he can go. He even in Mexico he can go to like you know, I don't know a Leon a Toluca. I don't think that's a talent you want to let go though because his ability one on one with the ball is almost better than just about anybody on our team. When when he's healthy and right, that I mean, dude can do things that people on this other that that, that Vigon cannot do the things that Pavon can do. If they're both at their best, <laughs> correct, correct. You know what I mean. I mean, so, so, so don't all... get rid of don't get rid of your upper echelon talent just because they're a little inconsistent. I think you, I think that's why Quinones keeps getting chances too because one on one Quinones with the ball when it's he's one right, of the best. That, I mean, it's that guy's fantastic. It's just a matter of whether or not those crosses are finding. Feet. Well, how long do we wait though? Like that's that's the, th- that's the question. Yeah. Like we we've been waiting a lot with Quinones and Tuvon hasn't worked out. I mean, I get it, Tuvon. Is easily on skill and like skill on the ball. I'm sorry, is probably the best player in the league. 
I think that's your answer for why we haven't won any championships in the last, what, three seasons, four seasons. It is if, if your wingers that are that talented aren't producing at a level uh, consummate with their talent level or their skill level, then you're going to have disappointing results overall, which is what we've been suffering through, which is why Piojo just got his ass fired. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's not a bust, man. I'm rooting for him. I'm always a big fan of left, uh, left-footed left players. So um, I'm hoping he's, he does well. I'm hoping Cordova has a great season. What are the expectations as we close out this pod episode? What are the expectations as the last game of the preseason, I think, as we move on to the next stage? For uh, group play, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last game for group play. There might be one more because it's, it's a group of five. Something? So, do we play? Is it a round robin in the group? Yeah, round robin. Yeah. So then we'll have one more after this. Okay. So we got a couple of preseason games, and then you know, head, heading into the season, and as we turn in the new year, what are your expectations for the for the team this upcoming uh, semester? I think finishing top four is mandatory as always. Preferably top two. I don't. If it's Coca's first season and it doesn't happen, I understand. If we don't bring anyone else in, well, but still, top four is expected for sure. So in this first six uh, months, expectation at the moment only top four, no championship. As long as he's in the top four, it'll buy you time. But if this team. when you have the salary capabilities and the talent level of the team that we do, you have to produce results again, requisite with your talent level, which is, which is the frustration we've been feeling is, is, you know, finishing fifth behind a Pachuca or a Puebla is damn embarrassing. Finishing behind a Toluca in the long run of the playoffs shouldn't be happening when they're starting our castoffs. You know what I mean? And, and so you have to deliver results that are consummate with the expectations. And in order to do that, the e- easiest way is to finish in the top four. So you've got tiebreakers and specifically like Josue said to the top two, if you get the top two, then you've got a tiebreaker all the way to the final. And that's really what we need because Coca style being so defensive is going to lend itself to potentially draws, which where you're going to want that seating edge. So I would say, obviously, it's T-Grace. We're all championship or bust. We want those stars, stars. baby. And stars, that's what it's all about. But uh, it's season one. It's understandable if, it you know, who who wouldn't love a title year one? And, hell, I'd love just like a title every short season. Who Whoever needs to let anyone else ever win again. Yeah. But being that unreleased, unrealistic as it is, if it's not happening in this first short season – being in the top four will buy him some time to implement whatever his plans are. Yeah. I'm thinking semis or bust. Uh, undoubtedly. Yeah. yeah semis. Because how long are you going to have a, a, a talent up front of APG? How long are, are you going to be able to ride a Carioca and a Guido into the ground? <laughs> how long is Aquino going to be a high caliber level player? You know, before, how many runs does this core group that's been here for so long and produced so many championships, how many championship level runs does that have left before we got to start turning it over? Yeah. And then you're dealing with the unknowns of you're bringing in new guys and you don't know if they have championship medal or can not. We might win anything. Group, yeah. You know, at least this group has proven championship medals. So you can expect championships reasonably because they've done it before. It's just a matter of finding that level again. Whereas if you bring in new players who may or may not have done it before, you know, has Cordova won a title before? I don't believe so. 
Has Vigon been on a title winning team? Not that I'm aware of, you know, so it's you're bringing in players that you think are talented enough to do it, but haven't proven themselves up to that ability yet. And that's where you start to get a little sketchy for me of like, hey, I, I, I like this guy because he's on my team. I root hard for him, but I don't know if he's better than, you know, Sergio Romo at, at Cruz Azul or something, you know, who, who, who's better, who's going to produce. It's, it's time to put up or show, you know, put up or shut up time. It's getting yeah. close to some of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now, let, let's well, not forget. They're also playing Conca. And for me, the expectation there is the final. Yep. Got to win it. I think you got to win it. Yep. What, what is the Conca for, for maybe people that are less. That's the Champions form. League. Yes. The, that's going to be the MLS mixed in with the MX. Yeah. Well, that's and, the and, that's the League's Cup. Uh, the Champions, Conca, the Concacaf Champions League, the Conca, is like five teams from the MLS, four teams from Mexico, and then a couple of uh, Central American teams. It's around. Oh, okay, 16. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that one then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then, League's Cup is the new moneymaker league that that's they're the establishing. Yeah, it's essentially our Super League version of uh, Europe. Are we in both this year? Yeah, we have three tournaments. We got. We start off with domestic, heading into uh, Champions League, Concacaf, and then into the summer into the Leagues Cup. And I'd like to revise my expectations and say we need to win something. I'm thinking you two out of three. Got to come away with, with one out of three. I'm thinking two, brother, because. Oh well, I, who wouldn't love more? But if you, I mean, you got you got to at least put yourself in a final of one with a chance to win it. But I think the one that we're closest. You know, without playing on paper, right? Because round of sixteen is the Champions League. That's the closest to the you know Club World Cup uh, route. And then domestic, it could you know it's always as long as we finish top fours and you know the team gets along well and plays well. The Conca is the one where we've played like Olimpico from Honduras before and yeah. things of that nature. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Cool. Well, it was a pleasure. Great conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, hopefully the team wins tonight. And uh, next episode we get into. Uh, a little bit more of these same issues, but a lot more concrete clarity on where the team direction is. Yep. Appreciate you, Arnaldo. Yeah, thank you, guys.